is my story all the way from earth to glory since by grace he lifted me from sin and woe living grace he has extended as on him my heart depended and he'll give new grace when it's my time to go grace not yet discovered grace not yet uncovered grace from his bountiful store grace to cross the river Grace to face forever, there'll be new grace I've not needed before. There's been grace for every trial, there's been grace for every mile, there's been grace sufficient from His red supply. Grace to make my heart more tender. discovered grace not yet uncovered grace from his bountiful store grace to cross the river grace to face forever there'll be new grace when not needed before grace Grace to face forever, there'll be new grace I've not needed before. Amen. All right, we'll go ahead and take your Bibles this morning and go to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, we're going to start in chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. How many of you, um, since we've been putting these scriptures in the bulletins, you know, you ever look in there and it's like, all right, I wonder what he's preaching about today, and try to you know figure out the message before anybody tried that yet? Now everybody's gonna start trying that. But um, I was at a church one time, and the pastor he put his outline in the bulletin, and he had the main scripture that he was gonna read, and I remember he had this passage of scripture, and I was looking at his outline, and I was I was like. You could tell he was preaching that you had to be baptized to go to heaven. And I saw he was using this passage. And I remember I was sitting there and we had just gotten married. We were on our honeymoon. We just stopped in at this random Baptist. It was a Baptist church. But I told my wife, I said, he's going to preach that you, can get, that you have to be baptized to go to heaven and he's going to use an NIV Bible. She's like, how do you know he's going to use an NIV Bible? I said, because that's the only way you can preach from this passage that you have to, that you can get saved, or you get saved by being baptized. And sure enough, he got up and he started reading it, and he read it right out of an NIV Bible. And I'm following along in my King James Bible, and there's an entire verse that's left out of the NIV Bible, a key verse in this passage. And I'm, oh, I was so mad, I almost walked out of there. Probably should have walked out of there, uh, but uh, I, just, I could not believe what I was hearing. In a Baptist church, but 
it was in Canada, so I figured that was why it's them Canadians. But, <laughs> but anyway, I'm not preaching about that today. But I do want us to read this passage in Acts chapter eight and verse twenty-six. And if you're wondering which verse was left out, we're not we're not preaching on baptism today. But um, if you uh, verse uh, which one is it? Verse thirty. Lost my spot. Verse 37, okay? Verse 37. When we get to that verse, just notice how if that verse is not there, it really can kind of change things. And for some reason, they threw it out. But um, Acts chapter 8, verse 26 says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia. And eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit saith unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the Scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer. So opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same Scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And they went on their way and came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? You know, there is something that will hinder you from being baptized, and that's if you're not saved. Okay, That will hinder you. And so he had, this is the key verse that's left out of some Bibles. And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, Thou mayest. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You know, the Bible teaches, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And you believe, that's how you get saved and you get baptized after salvation. What stopped me from getting baptized? Well, hey, do you believe? I believe Jesus is the Christ. Man got saved. And then, verse 38, and he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. A great example, too, of baptism being by immersion. Why would they have to both go into the water if you just had to be sprinkled? You know, couldn't he have just splashed them? Do you think if they were out traveling in the desert, they probably didn't have some drinking water with them? Okay, they probably did. Why couldn't they use that? Why couldn't Philip have just blessed it and made it holy water? Okay, because that's how you get baptized. You have to go down. You got down into the water. They both did, and he was baptized. And it says. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. So what I want us to look at today, I want us to take a look at this Ethiopian eunuch, this man that got saved. The Bible doesn't tell us his name, but... When you look at the Scriptures and when you just think about some things, when you look at the things that we do know about this Ethiopian eunuch, we see that this is really an amazing story. And there's 
It's a neat story, and there's a lot of great things we can learn. But first of all, you know, this Ethiopian eunuch, we see that he was a man under great power and authority. You know, he he served right under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. So this isn't just you know this. I guess you could say he's kind of a big shot. All right. I mean, this was somebody. Uh, who had some power, somebody who had some authority, but somebody who was directly under the queen. Okay, and so understand that you know getting saved, especially back in those days, um, it could it could get you in some trouble sometimes. You know, becoming a follower of Christ could get you in trouble. There are places in our world today where you becoming a believer could get you killed. And you know, even in America, there are places today that becoming a believer in Christ it could get you in a lot of trouble. Financially, uh, you know, socially, and place, places over out west, like in Idaho and uh, Utah, some of the real heavy Mormon areas. I mean, I, I know of some Baptists out there. I've been to some Baptist churches out there. They're usually very small. It's not a lot of Baptists out there. A lot of Mormons. And whenever the Baptists will reach somebody with the gospel and they get saved, I mean, it can really hurt that person because it hurts. If you get saved and you come out of a Mormon religion, and turns out you know your bankers Mormon, you know your doctors are Mormon, all your neighbors are Mormon, all your family's Mormon, and you come out of that and they don't just let them go, real easy. Tell you, you know as much as we would hate to lose any of you here to a false religion, if you all decide you know what I'm done, I'm going somewhere else. You know while we'll be disappointed, while I'll try to talk you out of it. Um, that's about as far as it's going to go. Okay, um, I don't have any any power over you. Uh, you know, we don't have. You know, I don't. You know, I'm not your banker or anything like that. You know, there's there's not a whole lot of damage I can do. Probably the most I could do is probably go egg your house or slash your tires, and uh, I I'm not going to do that either. But that's that's about as far as it could go uh, around here. But in some places, even in America, I mean, you're in trouble. Your boss is Mormon. And all of a sudden, you know, they need to lay some people off. Guess who's probably going to go first? And so, you know, understand that, you know, getting saved, while thank God in, you know, in America for the most part, you know, it's not going to be the end of things for you. During different times and in different parts of the world, it was very dangerous. But this, notice this eunuch though, this Ethiopian eunuch, notice just the, his, the sincerity and his attempt to worship God. In verse 27, it says, you know, he sees this man of Ethiopia. Okay? And it says in the end of the verse that he had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Okay? Now, what was an Ethiopian doing going to Jerusalem to worship? Now, the Bible doesn't tell us this, okay? So I'm just, I'm going to assume some things. I, I, I don't know, but, I mean, how did he know to go to Jerusalem to worship? How did he know to do that? How did he know that that was where he was supposed to go? You know, you know, the Bible, um, well, you don't have to turn over there, but in John chapter 4 and verse 20, Jesus, this is the story of the woman at the well. I think we might have looked at this last week, but it says, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. Okay? This is the Samaritans. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And ye say, talking about the Jews, that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Okay? That was the, that was the, the capital. That was the focal point. Whenever the Jews that were spread out all over the world, when they were in their synagogues, the synagogues were always facing the direction of Jerusalem. They always prayed facing Jerusalem. That was that was the focal point during that time. And how did this Ethiopian know that? Okay, he wasn't Jewish. 
And the truth is, if you were a Gentile, if you were not Jewish during that time, if you were to go to Jerusalem to worship, you could only get so far. You could only get so close to the temple. If you look at models of that old temple, there was like an outer court that was the court for the Gentiles. That was as close as you could go. The, there was, if you were to get to the closer areas, you had to be Jewish. And if you were to get on the inside, you had to be certain Levites. If you were to get into the Holy of Holies, you had to be the high priest. I mean, boy, there was all kinds of uh, exclusion back then. I mean, can you imagine all the uh, equal rights people today? If, if if we still did that kind of thing, sorry, uh, you're not from the right, you're not the right tribe or whatever, and so you can't come here. Boy, we we'd have a lot of people protesting us. And in fact, in Israel today, if you were to go to the Wailing Wall, okay, and you are a woman. Did you know there's certain parts that you don't get to go into? I mean, how sexist is that? But they still do a lot of that today. They can, you, there's another part that the ladies can go to uh, that's not as good, that's not as important, that's not as holy. And you know what? Uh, there's some parts that only the Orthodox Jewish people can get into that not even us men can go to. And I remember when we were there, we got to go into one area where you kind of go underground. And there was a part that us Gentiles... We were allowed to go look and see this area where they were praying that has some of the, it's closest to where the old temple was. And we saw guys in there all praying and doing their things that they do. And I remember they told the ladies, you are not allowed to go in there. And oh man, they were mad, you know, and I thought they were going to start, you know, doing marches and stuff. And it's like they forgot, you know, we're not in America right now. We, uh, you know, we're in Israel. But, you know, back then they had a lot of those rules and things. I mean, if you were from certain nationalities, I mean, you weren't allowed anywhere near there. You couldn't. I mean, the Moabites, uh, they were banned from there and to the 10th generation. If your great, 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 great grandpa was a Moabite, you weren't allowed to go there. I mean, that's how it was back then. And so here's an Ethiopian, though, who takes the time to go to Jerusalem to worship. How did he know to do that? Okay, And we can only speculate. Okay, Maybe that he had met some Jews... Uh, that were in other parts of the world that time that explained the Scriptures to him and that taught him some things. I don't know how he knew to do that, but he somehow knew to do that. And that woman at the well, she had mentioned how Jerusalem is the place they ought to worship. But notice what Jesus said in verse 21, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what, Okay, in other words, what they were worshiping there in Samaria was not the true God. Okay, those Samaritans, they were wicked people. They were, they, uh, they worshiped idols. They were not the true religion. But he tells that you don't even know what you're worshiping, for salvation is of the Jews. What they were teaching, that was the true religion of that time. And then verse 23, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Aren't you thankful that you don't have to be a Jew to be able to worship God today? That we can approach a throne of grace boldly? You don't have to be a male uh, or a female. That you don't have to do it in a certain place. That we can worship God anywhere. And we do it in spirit. We do it in truth. Thank God for that. But you know, this Ethiopian eunuch, 
It hadn't been long since that had all changed. It hadn't been long since Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. And this man, he had not heard about Jesus Christ yet. But notice this guy, he's going on his way and he's doing his very best. He's doing the very best he can, but yet we see he's not saved, okay? He's not saved yet, but he's trying. And you know, there's a lot of people out there today, they're trying. We talked about that in Sunday school. They're trying their best. They're doing the good works. But they have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. They have not had faith in Jesus Christ. And therefore, they are lost even though they are sincere people. And this guy was about as sincere as you can get. He's an Ethiopian. He's somebody. The Ethiopians, they were, they were black people. And it was very obvious that they weren't Jewish people. And if they, he would even try to get in there, you know what? They're not going to let him in. They wouldn't let him do that. But yet, this man still did the best he could. He still tried. He was still sincere, even though he was somebody that would have been excluded from those from a lot of the things they did at that time. They probably wouldn't have let him do participate in those sacrifices and things. But yet, it wasn't stopping this guy from doing his best, from trying to worship God the way you were supposed to. How he found the truth, I don't really know. The Bible doesn't say. We see also in verse 28, says he was returning and sitting in the chariot read Isaiah the prophet. He's reading Isaiah. Now, anybody how did he get a copy of the book of Isaiah? They didn't he couldn't go to Walmart back then and buy a Bible like we can today. Somehow this guy had gotten some of the scriptures and he's reading it. I mean, he's there studying. I mean, he's out in the desert said, I don't know. I'm just speculating. The Bible doesn't give us the details, but it appears you know, he's come back from Jerusalem and I don't know, he's just, he's just wanting to take a break and he's wanting to learn everything he can about the true God. Okay, And how he got a copy of that, I have no idea. But just notice the effort this man is going through. And he's trying and he's reading it, but you know what? He doesn't understand it. And you know, we just read in Sunday school, we were talking about the plan of salvation. And the plan of salvation is a very simple plan. Romans 10.13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we didn't get into it, but right after that, it says, How shall they call upon Him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Okay, None of us just figured out on our own. Somebody... Told it, gave us the gospel. Somebody explained it to us, and somebody explained it to them, and somebody explained it to them, and it goes all the way back to Christ. We just, we we do this, and so this eunuch, it wasn't that he was blind, it wasn't that he or to the truth, it wasn't that he was being stubborn. He was doing his best. But you know what? You go just read the book of Isaiah without the rest of the Bible and see if you figure it all out. Okay, you're not going to do it. But when you know the New Testament, when you know the gospel, you can take. Then you can go to the book of Isaiah. And you can clearly see that it's talking about Jesus Christ. I mean, it's very clear. And so he's doing his best. He's studying, but he doesn't understand it. You know, how can I? Philip asked him, "Do you understand it? How can I? Except some man teach me." And boy, that's a great another reason. You know, we ought to do our best to get those gospel tracks out. You never know when you might see somebody reading those tracks. And you know what? You see somebody reading a track, you ought to do like Philip did and say, "You know, hey." There's somebody paying attention. I mean, especially in this day and age when people just don't read 
Okay, you see somebody reading? They're obviously, they got their attention on something. They're looking for something. And Philip, he followed the leading of the Holy Spirit and he goes and he sees, hey, do you understand what you're reading? You ask him, hey, do you know what's in that? Hey, do you understand what you're reading in that track? Has anybody ever explained that to you? You know, hey, I've seen those before. I know what's in there. Let me explain that to you. Let me teach you the truth. And Philip did that. And then notice in verse 29. You know, after Philip tells him to go join himself to the chariot, he runs to him, he asks him that, and he said, How can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Okay? This eunuch, he wanted, I mean, he didn't, hey, will you come and come sit with me? Okay? He didn't say, Come stand with me so you can hurry up and give me your spiel. Okay? We've done that before. We're out knocking doors and, hey, you know, can I share the gospel? Okay, yeah, fine. You know, and you know, and you can just see him just kind of rushing you. All right, you know, do your thing, do your thing. Tell me how to get to heaven, so I can tell you no, I'm not interested, or or that I, you know, I, and they're not they're not ready to listen. Okay, this unit. Hey, sit down, please. Guide me. Explain this to me. And that's exactly what he did. He went and at that scripture that he was at, he began to preach Jesus to him. And that eunuch, he's listening. He was willing to listen. And then in verse 32. The place of the Scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before a shearer, so opened he not his mouth. And you and I, we can see so clearly that that's talking about Jesus Christ because we know the Gospels. Okay, And Philip, it was easy for him. He was one of Jesus' disciples. He knew exactly what happened. But understand that that eunuch had no way of knowing what that passage meant. But boy, there was just something that was telling him that he needed to understand that, that he needed to know what this was talking about. And he, in verse 34, the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? He starts asking questions. He asked good questions. Boy, I mean, you want to get a soul owner excited, just, you know, you start asking them questions. Hey, they just asked a question. That means they're listening. Okay? Have you ever talked to somebody and you're trying to explain something? Yeah, I know that, I know that, I know that. They already know it all. I mean, they, they know everything. Why are you even talking to them? Yeah, I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. It's like, but boy, when they start asking questions, that's when you know you've got their ear. That's when you know they're paying attention. And boy, I mean, just a soul winning tip here. You know, when they start asking questions, I know a lot of times we've got like a program or a way that we want to get through it. But if they're asking questions, you zero in on that because that's what they're thinking about. That's where their mind's at. Answer that question. <clears throat> that's what they need right then. And that eunuch, he was. He was paying attention. He wasn't in a hurry. He's asking good questions. And then, in verse 35, you know, Philip begins preaching to him Jesus. And it says they went on their way. So we don't know how much time has passed here. But obviously, you know, we read this in just a few seconds. But some time's passed. They're traveling on their way. I mean, Philip's preaching him a whole sermon, and he's obviously covered baptism in this sermon because they see water, and all, the eunuch all of a sudden, wait, hey, what's stopping me from being baptized? I want to get to that point. I want to be doing. I, I, I want to do that. It was obviously covered in Philip's message that he preached to him. And he did not even hesitate to do what was needed to do. I want to do that. You know, it's amazing how many people today that come into churches and say they want to go to heaven, say they you know believe God, but yet it's like 
They don't want to learn anything. What? I gotta do I gotta do what? You know, I gotta go baptize, I gotta get wet, you know, I gotta start living good, you know, I gotta I gotta quit this, I you know, I, I can't go drinking anymore, I, you know. And it's like they get all caught up in that. But boy, this eunuch, he wasn't like that at all. I mean, it was mentioned something about getting baptized, you know, Jesus was baptized, we all got baptized, and baptism, huh? That's something you say people do. You know, and he did. He just sees the water. Hey, I, I want to do that. I mean, whatever it is, I want to do it. He didn't hesitate, and it's just sad how many people today. You just—it's like you got to twist their arm to get them to do the right thing. I mean, you preach on certain things. Ah, oh, come on, you know, Please, you know, not that. And that was not his attitude. You know, and also notice too about this eunuch. The Bible says that he was a man of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. Notice he didn't check with his queen to make sure this was okay. Hey, you know this God that obviously she knew He would go there to worship. But you know, He didn't go and check with her and say, hey, you know this God you've been allowing me to go and worship every year? Well, I found out that He has a Son. And that His Son came and He fulfilled the law. And if we'll believe on Him, we can go to heaven. And I'm serving, I'm serving Him. He didn't ask for her permission. And you know, it's amazing how many people... I've talked to many people like this before. Sometimes men. And you'll give them the Gospel and it's like... I gotta check with my wife before I do that. Uh, it's like they know they're gonna make their wife mad if they get saved. And let me tell you something, I'm all for, you know, marriage is working together and everything, but when it comes to your soul, that is between you and God and nobody else, and you shouldn't let anybody in this world stop you from getting saved. That, I mean, that is between you and God, and He didn't do that. I mean, it's sad how many people today, especially young people, Okay, you know, young adults, if they learn anything new, it's like they've got to check with all their friends first. Oh man, you know, I'm gonna do it. And it's like they'll they'll test the waters, you know, and they'll go on Facebook or whatever, and they'll, you know, post things about her, they'll ask questions, and they'll see what everybody has to say. Oh man, should you know, should I get saved? Uh, oh man, you know, let's let's Google this, you know, uh, you know, should a per, you know, person get saved? And they got to see what everybody's saying online. You know, they'll go listen to their you know favorite. Uh, news person. I heard, I heard a, uh, was watching a documentary one time on uh, Mitt Romney when he was running for president. And he was talking to this guy, and it was the first time uh, back in 08, I think, when he was running for president. It was in the primaries. And a lot of people didn't know who he was at the time. And he was in this restaurant eating, and uh, somebody had asked this guy, hey, you know, hey, do you know who that is? And No, I don't know. Who that, I, he, he had no idea who it was. And, and they're like, you know, don't you ever watch the news? And he said, "Oh yeah, he's like I watch." He said, I, "I get all my news from Stephen Colbert and John Stewart." And if you know who those guys are, you know that this guy was very uninformed and probably an idiot. All right? And he just, you know, that, that's where he gets his news from, and that's how he, uh, where he gets his political views and things. And a lot of people are like that when it comes to, you know, who they're going to vote for. You know, what, what does Rush Limbaugh think of that guy? You know, what's Sean Hannity saying or, or whoever? And it's like nobody can think for themselves these days. And this eunuch wasn't like that. Even though he was somebody that was in a high position under somebody very powerful, he did not wait and go check with her. And when it comes to your salvation, don't you don't have to check with anybody else. You need to get that taken care of. That is between you and God. And, the, and what I want you to notice about this Ethiopian eunuch is I want you to see these things about him because today I believe one of the reasons that it's so hard to win many people to Christ is we see a complete opposite attitude 
of people. You go give the Gospel to the average person today, and the truth is, they're not sincere in their attempts in worshiping God. Now, there are some people that are real sincere that are following a false religion. They're doing their best, but there's others that they don't really care. You know, if I talk to somebody about the Gospel and they tell me something like, well, I'm Catholic, okay? Well, then that usually tells me, all right, they're basing salvation on works and different things. And so I'll start, you know, I'll, I'll go to scriptures like Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Hey, you know, you know, the Bible teaches that we're saved by grace through faith, that it's not of works. And I'll start talking to these people and I'll figure out real quick they're not that sincere in their religion. They're not even really trying to be a good Catholic. You know, I'll bring up things about, like the verse in the Bible says, call no man father. Okay? Or, you know, confess your faults to no man. You know, this, you know, this confession thing that they do. I'll, sh- I'll try to show them those things and I'll find out they don't even do those things. They're not even trying. They're not sincere at all. But this man, he was sincere. He was doing his best. And a lot of times people, they doubt, the, you know, they doubt things about the Bible. They doubt the plan of salvation because we'll think, what about all these people in other parts of the world that are worshiping other gods that have never been taught about Jesus? And listen, I believe if people are sincere and are really seeking after the truth, I believe God will get somebody to them. And we see in the story, this was a man that was sincere. He was really trying. He wanted to know the truth. He did the very best he could. And God took Philip, who was in the midst of a great revival where hundreds and thousands of people are being saved, and He took him out to the middle of a desert where there was one guy that was looking for the truth. Where there was one guy that was ready to listen. And He takes him far away. And I don't know if you noticed this, but in verse... 39, after he gets baptized, notice what happens, okay? Because Philip needed to be other places, but God cared about this one Ethiopian eunuch. It says, and when they had come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. The the eunuch saw him no more. He disappeared. Did you all see that? He disappeared right in front of the eunuch, but Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. All of a sudden, he just appears in another city. I mean, notice this great miracle that God did, not just to you know get Philip to the Ethiopian eunuch, but to get Philip back to the city and back where he could reach the masses with the Gospel. This shows us here just how much God cares about individuals. And I believe today that if there are people out there that are really looking for the truth, that are really sincere, God's going to get somebody to them. God's going to find some way to get somebody to them. But you just got, I think we have to admit, most people today just aren't real sincere. They're not, they're not even trying. They're not trying to be a good Buddhist. They're not trying to be a good Muslim. You know, they're not trying to be a good Jew or whatever it is. They just go through the motions. They don't really care. And the truth is, most people today are really just following after their own flesh. What does my flesh want? What does my flesh desire? That's what they're living for. That's what it's all about. And we think that all these people in other parts of the world that worship false gods, we look at them as such innocent, you know, victims, but the truth is, they're just like everybody else, even in America today, that are just serving their flesh, that are just going after wickedness, 
that they are rejecting the light like the Bible says in John. The Bible said that Jesus Christ, He was that light that lighted every man that cometh into this world. And listen, I don't understand everything about this. I don't understand everything that goes on in the lives of people. But when the Bible says Jesus is that light that lighteth every man, I believe that there is something that out there. I think God put something in all of us. that We know that there's something out there. We know that there is a right and a wrong. And we, under, we understand that God puts that in us. But the Bible says that men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And if people... If they shy away from that light, which is what most people are doing, and they go after the things of the flesh, they're not going to find the truth. But those who see that light and they seek after that light, God's going to get the Gospel to them. And here we have a man that we see who had everything working against him. He wasn't the right race. He wasn't the right you know, religion. He wasn't from the right country. He was none of those things that you had to be before Christ's time. He was not a Jew, but yet somehow he had heard the truth about the true God of Israel and he did the best he could to worship Him. He got his hands on some of the Scriptures and he read it. He studied. He was going after that light and God made sure somebody got to him. God made sure, and sure enough, that man got saved. He studied hard. People aren't studying these days. People aren't reading their Bibles. You know what I've noticed when I talk to most Catholics today? I know more about their religion than they do. And that covers most religions. I know more about their religion than they do. They're not reading their book. You go talk to the average Mormon around here in town. They don't know what's in the Book of Mormon. They have no idea. They are not even trying to find the truth They are just serving the flesh. They're not willing to listen to what you have to say. I don't want to hear anything. I'm not interested. Hey, if you die today, you know you go to heaven or hell. Not interested. Yeah, not interested in your soul. And I understand there's, you know, you got all the false prophets and things that go around and bug them with that stuff and harass them and confuse them and lie to them. But I mean, but you think people would at least be a little interested in that? You think they would be looking, and the truth is, if they were looking, I believe God's going to get somebody to them. And but people today, they're not willing to listen. They're not asking questions. Okay, you know, they're not interested. You know, I've been there before. Uh, you know, when I used to go to the detention home, um, at, we would always, you know, I'd usually do a message for about you know twenty thirty minutes, and then after we got done, we had another half hour. We'd just sit and we talk to the kids. And a lot of, there was there was always some kids at the end. One of the first things we do after we get done, hey, does any any of y'all have any questions? And boy, there would ever there would always be some kids. They had all kinds of questions. I mean, they they had been listening. Hey, you said this, and they would start asking these questions. And those are the ones you paid attention to. And those are the ones that would usually end up getting saved. But then there were other kids. Sometimes you talk to. Hey, you have any questions about what we talked about? No. Do you understand what I was talking about? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, so you, you got it all. You understand everything. <laughs> yeah, I get it. They didn't care one bit. Not interested one bit. And I remember sometimes I'd just be sitting there and we'd be talking. I would just be like, you're not one bit interested in this at all, are you? No. You know, they don't make you guys come back here. You don't have to stay. If you want to leave, you know, we're not going to be mad. Okay. <laughs> they get up and leave. I mean, that's how. It, but then there were some kids that did, they didn't want to leave. They were interested and they had questions. I remember there was one boy, he would have a whole page full of questions. 
because we'd give them Bibles and they would, you know, he'd be reading his Bible and he, I mean, good questions. And I believe that young man got saved. And the truth is today, people just don't care. Not interested. I mean, we look at some of the things in the Bible that are so interesting to us, that captivate us, that we love to talk about, you know, talking about just, you know, the miracles that Jesus did, talking about some of the, you know, things in creation and the pre-flood world or even the end times and we're fascinated by those things and talk about heaven and hell and just, I mean, we love that type of thing around here. And then there's other people though, you will bore them to tears with it. Why? They're not looking for the truth. Not interested one bit. And that is most of the world today. And these people that we're all wanting to feel sorry for saying, you know, these poor innocent victims, they're not interested. And when they are, I believe God will get the gospel to them. And unfortunately, you know, most of our own nation, our own community, not interested one bit. Don't care. But if they are, I do, I believe, I believe God's going to get somebody to them. He, you know, he didn't hesitate to do what he needed to do. This idea of checking up with everybody. Hey, you know, is this popular? Is this what people are doing? You can't do that. You've just got to do the right thing. And when you know something's right, when you've been looking, you, you don't care what everybody else thinks. It doesn't matter. And that's how this man was. And go, go to Matthew chapter 13, verse 10. I want to close with this passage of Scripture here. Matthew chapter 13, in verse, verse 10. God is going to get the gospel to those that are willing that are willing to listen. Verse ten says, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Okay, Jesus had just told the parable of the seed and the sower. And then he says, For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance, but whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any times they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand, and their heart, or with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. What we see here, Jesus, He gave this parable, and the people didn't get it. And the disciples were wondering why. And the reason was, is because they were rejecting the Gospel. They were rejecting the Gospel of salvation, and therefore, there was no way they could understand the deeper things. The things that are spiritual that only a saved person could understand. God wasn't going to let them understand those deeper things until they understood the first thing. Okay? Until they understood salvation. That's the first thing that people have got to understand. They've got to understand that they're a sinner, that Jesus Christ is a Savior, and when He saves them and they allow Him to come into their heart, He will revive them spiritually. Then they will be able to understand the spiritual things. But in the meantime, it's, it's hid from them. Why? He said because Isaiah, he prophesied of this. And he said how their their heart 
was wax gross. You know, what does that mean to be wax gross? You know, I looked that up, and it basically just means to thicken or to fatten or to render callous. In other words, they have just they rejected for so long, they become callous. If, you know, just like maybe on your hand, okay, you know how you might have some, a sensitive spot, but after a while, it can become callous and things don't hurt it as much anymore. And the truth is, many people in our world today, and I believe especially in our nation today, that it has gospel preaching churches all over the place. I believe people today have very callous hearts. They don't. Nothing can penetrate. They don't want to hear. You know, they're, what, they've, they've stopped. They've stopped their ears. They've covered their eyes and they've been blinded to many things because they don't want to listen. And that's what happens to people. It's like, you know, how can these people not figure it out? They're callous. But then you'll have other people like this Ethiopian eunuch that seem to just get it like that. Why is that? There's, they are sincere. They're ready to listen. They want to know the truth. And... We've got to understand that today, if people don't if people don't get saved, okay, if people aren't getting saved, if they're not getting the truth, it's not God's fault; it's their fault. If they wanted to know the truth, they would get it. They would be able to receive it. And we see that. I think a great example of that with this Ethiopian eunuch. And I think it's important for us to be like Philip and to be ready when you know watch for those opportunities. You know, who knows? And listen, I believe if Philip hadn't done it, I think God would have gotten somebody else there. But boy, Philip, he would have missed a great opportunity. You know, we don't know a whole lot about Philip, even though he was one of Christ's disciples, but we know this story, don't we? Why? You know, he was obedient. Philip, he got teleported to another city. That's pretty cool. Okay? If, if he hadn't done that, that wouldn't have happened. And you know how many great things we miss because we're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We don't follow His leading. We're not watching for opportunities. And I've been there before where I missed an opportunity. It's like, you know, I had an opening right there and I missed it. You know, I wasn't watching for it. I wasn't paying attention. But Philip was focused. And we need Philips today. We need to, be, we need to ask God, Lord, help me to be a Philip so You can use me to reach that Ethiopian eunuch that's out there that's looking for the truth. And what a great privilege that is to be able to be that Philip. And I hope that we'll have many Philips in this church so we can go out and reach those. There's people out in this community that are looking for the truth. I don't know who they are. I don't know where they are. But we need to be watching for them. And, you know, because there's other places around here that's preaching the truth. I'd like to get them here. Okay? And if we don't, if we're not going to do it, if we're not paying attention, God will use somebody else. And so let's let God use us. So with that, let's all stand together. Our heads bowed and eyes closed. The Ethiopian.